Hey, it's Dalia. Quick thing before we jump into today's show. Now, if you're listening on an Apple device, then I am talking to you. So Apple has been Appling, and during recent software updates, there's a chance that it actually unfollowed the zest from your podcast feed without you even knowing it. So to check and see if this has happened to you, here's what you do. Open your podcast app, search the zest, and select the homepage. Look in the top right corner, and if you see a pause symbol, then go ahead and tap that pause symbol to resume automatically receiving episodes of The Zest when they drop every Thursday morning. You might also see a download symbol or a plus sign. Same thing. Go ahead and tap that symbol to make sure you are following the show. We have some really fun stuff coming up for you this season, and we want to make sure you are around to hear it. While you're at it, tell a friend because maybe they were also a victim of this atrocity. Friends, don't let friends miss an episode of The Zest. Okay, here's today's show. We have a really good balance here, and my goal for them is to get them through 162 games without them getting sick of the food. I'm Delia Colon, and this is The Zest. Citrus, seafood, Spanish flavor, and southern charm. The Zest celebrates cuisine and community in the Sunshine State. Today, we're sliding into your podcast feed with our season eight premiere, a conversation with Courtney Ellison, dietitian for the Tampa Bay Rays. When you hear the term baseball foods, you likely conjure up visions of hot dogs and popcorn, peanuts and Cracker Jack. But those stadium treats won't exactly fuel the players on the field. That's where Courtney Ellison comes in. As dietitian for the Tampa Bay Rays, Courtney is responsible for fueling the players on and off the field. That means offering plenty of options for pre- and post-game meals, as well as mid-game snacks in the dugout. I recently chatted with Courtney about what the guys eat, how meals and hydration change when the team is on the road, and how the new rules of Major League Baseball affect her job. It's kind of twofold. I have the food service side and then I have the performance side. We handle everything from all of the home meals here while we're at home, plane meals when we go on the road, so whenever we get on the plane, and then food while we're on the road. So lots of food service. And then on the other side, we have the performance side, which is hydration, rehab, just daily fueling, education. We get a little bit of everything. So how did you get this job? I spent three years with the Pittsburgh Pirates before I took this role, and my boss with the Pittsburgh Pirates was actually my boss when I was at the University of Tennessee, Knoxville. So I interned with her while I was still an undergrad and then went on, did my graduate courses, got a clinical job, stayed in touch with her. She knew that I wanted to get back into sports. She ended up leaving UT took the job with the Pirates, and then she gave me a call. So I immediately jumped at the opportunity, moved to Florida, and then now I'm here. Here you are. That's so great. You here said I am. you wanted to get back into sports. What did you love about meshing the worlds of food and sports? My undergrad, I actually double majored with kinesiology and nutrition. So I really enjoyed both sides of the performance movement side, and then how can nutrition help that and vice versa. 
I enjoyed doing both of those things. Allison Maurer was my boss at UT. She actually came and talked to one of our classes. And this was kind of when sports nutrition was up and coming, and I didn't really know it was a thing. So when I interned with her, as soon as I got into that environment, I knew that this is exactly what I wanted to do. You're working with athletes who want to get better every day, who have a lot of questions all of the time. So the education component was there. It was just a really fun environment. I knew from then on out, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to work with athletes. Okay. So speaking of having a lot of questions, I posted on Facebook that I was going to be talking to you and I'm going to hold this up. I have four pages of typed questions. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> we probably won't get to all of them, but thank you to everyone who submitted your great questions. And we're just going to like burn through as many as we can. So we had okay. several people ask different versions of what do they eat on a game day? Like before, maybe even during, and then after a game. Yeah. So a typical day here is say we have a 640 game. The clubhouse is going to open around 140. So when the guys get here, they have an arrival meal. They eat when they get into the clubhouse. And so that meal is just like a typical lunch. I would say we provide multiple protein options, multiple carbohydrate options and multiple vegetable options. We have a full salad bar, deli bar, fruit bar, all the things. And then they'll have another meal pregame. So for that pregame meal, we like to keep it a little bit lighter with leaner proteins, quick carbs, things like that. We'll always have a couple handheld options for the guys that just want to grab something quick that don't want to sit down and eat. So we'll have a few special options for them. And then for postgame, we can go a little bit heavier. So some more of those fattier meats or things like that that we wouldn't typically serve pregame, we'll serve those postgame. And then, of course, any of the special requests that we get for guys that want special meals, we'll always do that postgame. So we get a lot of pizza, a lot of Italian. We'll go post-game. They get three meals a day, so it's nutrition and fueling all day long. It's a full-time job here. Okay, Marissa wants to know, what are they eating in the dugout? In the dugout, they have a lot of quick carb options. We have the Honey Stinger waffles, a couple different bars that are higher on the carb side that are easy to digest. Anything that's going to be quick and easy for them to get, so when they get back on the field, they're not feeling weighed down. It gives them a burst of energy small items like that. Okay. Now, do you actually go on the road with them? You talked about making plans for going on the road. How does your job change when you're on the road? It's actually a bit lower key while we're on the road. We have less people coming through the clubhouse, so it's generally a lot more calm. But I would say that the food service side of it is definitely more difficult because we're working with outside caterers or really small, older clubhouses. So the environment changes a little bit that we have to kind of work around different challenges when we're on the road. It can be a little bit more difficult, but it is definitely lower key guys are a little bit more calm on the road because it's just a lot less going on. Okay. And I did get several versions of the same question, which is basically asking about junk food. Um, Mark asked, how do they maintain a year round disciplined diet? Or don't they? Do they cheat during the off-season when you're on the road and, and you can't necessarily babysit them? Are they going off and getting things that you wouldn't want them to have? How does that work? Yeah, we have a good balance here. I wouldn't say that we have cheat meals or cheat foods or anything like that. It's Like I said, if fueling is a, a full-time job, it's 24-7 from the time they get up to the time that they're going to bed. So we try to keep it as balanced as possible. If I put out a meal that is too healthy and no one eats it, then, you know, I'm really not doing my job either because they're not eating the food. So we keep it pretty balanced here. They have all the items, the ice cream, the candies at their disposal if they want it. 
But because that we do have it at their disposal, honestly, it's a lot of education on when they should have it, when they shouldn't have it. And for the most part, these guys are pretty in tune with the routine that they know if they're playing or if they're not and what they should and shouldn't have. So they're pretty disciplined about it, I would say, even though it is available pretty much at any clubhouse we go to, our clubhouse, visiting clubhouses, they're pretty good about choosing when they want it. Okay, Janet had a related question about the younger players. Like you have a lot of guys in their 20s. They yeah. might not care. They might be able to get away with eating things that an older player can't. So what does that education look like? It's a little different for the younger players because their routines aren't as established as some of the older guys that we have. They haven't been here as long. They haven't gotten into the routine of the schedule as long as the other guys have. So it's a lot of education on really just fine tuning what works for them and what it looks like at this level. It's 162 games. We don't get that many off days. How are we going to make it through the full season healthy and not feeling fatigued with as much energy as possible? So it's a lot of just fine tuning their routines or for the younger guys starting to build out what that routine looks like for them because they didn't have it as much in the minor leagues. It's different for each player, but the younger guys, it's kind of fun because we get to kind of start from scratch and build out what that routine looks like. And then what about for you? You're taking care of them, but who's taking care of you? Because we were supposed to do this interview in person and then you were under the weather. I could see with all those games that you could get run down. Yeah, it's a, it's a long season and we work long days, but I have a great training staff here. So they're the ones that take care of me whenever I'm feeling sick. Luckily, we all have each other's backs, so it's nice that I have the doctors and the trainers at my disposal whenever I need to use them, which is nice. Oh, that is nice. And then I think I yeah. saw, did I see on Instagram that you have a young daughter? Yes, she's almost two, so she's wild and crazy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So how is that if you're on the road so much? It's been an adjustment for sure. Last year was an adjustment. She was a bit younger. I think it's harder this year because she's older, a lot more mobile. So she's all over the place. It's definitely an adjustment for me and my husband both, but he's great and supportive and allows me to really make the schedule that I need to make to be with the team when I need to be. So I travel about 70% of the time, not full time. It works out that way. And they're actually, we have a family trip, next road trip. So they'll be on that trip, which will be really fun. Oh, that's so fun. So they're coming with you. Yes, all the family, well, not all of them, but a lot of the families will be coming with us on this next trip. So it'll be a lot of kids. Oh my gosh, that's so much fun. She's probably so proud of you and your husband too. So speaking of road trips, is there an adjustment in terms of nutrition or hydration depending on where you're playing? Because we're here in Florida, it's hot and humid mm -hmm. on one hand, but on the other hand, they're playing in air conditioning. What happens right. when they go to an outdoor stadium or what happens when they go to Arizona and it's very dry? It definitely is an adjustment. And again, a lot of education while we're on the road. We have a couple of different methods that we use for hydration. We test their sweat sodium rate. So we'll do that during spring training or once a year just to see how much salt that they're actually losing in their sweat. Then we'll take that number and use it throughout the season. So we can actually test their hydration in real time as well. So when I test their hydration in real time, I'll use that in comparison to their sweat sodium rate and give them a recommendation on what they should be taking that day or how much fluid they should be consuming that day. So luckily we have a lot more tools now that we can use for hydration, which is really fun. And the guys have really bought into it. It does help on the hydration front. We'll say that a lot of guys will just come in that day and say, let's test my hydration. You know, I'm not feeling like I'm fully hydrated today. Let me see where I'm at. 
it's definitely an adjustment on the road because we do play indoors here that they do kind of forget like, hey, I had to hydrate because it's a solid 65 or so. I don't know what the temperature is in the trot, but it's pretty chilly in my office. So I say 65, but they're used to playing indoors and not sweating as much. So whenever we do go to Baltimore or New York, when it's really hot and humid, it, it definitely changes the game for them for sure. Support comes from Adelaide Interiors. Their design team can expertly manage every detail of your renovation and remodeling project from start to finish. From bathrooms to kitchens, appliances, cabinets, countertops, flooring, and coverings. More at Adelaide.com. What's a takeaway for the rest of us? Because I'm not a pro athlete, but I'm sweating just like the other day we were putting up a volleyball net for our daughter in the backyard and my husband and I were mm-hmm. drenched. So without having you to help us, what can the rest of us do to make sure we're staying hydrated? A lot of times it's really just reminding yourself to drink fluids. I think that's the, it sounds so easy. Just, you know, you got to drink water, drink fluids, but We all have a bias saying that, oh, I think I'm hydrated or I drank plenty today. When you look at how much you actually drank, you maybe drank 16 to 24 ounces of water in the last four or five hours. So really just keeping the reminders of, hey, I'm outside, I'm sweating, I got to stay hydrated. And then if you're outside for long periods of time, maybe adding in a sports drink, whatever that looks like for you in your day. It's a lot. It's a lot of just reminders, I would say. It's and same for these guys. It's a lot of reminders all of the time just to stay hydrated because it's something that we we remember to do, but it's really hard to actually do. It is. And I've got my water bottle here. I used to yep. have rubber bands around it and I would start with like eight at the top and then I would move them down for each bottle I drink. And I got out of that habit, but I probably should get back to that. It's it warmer. So thank you for that reminder. So Janet and Maggie were both wondering about the protein and calorie needs of the different positions. Does it change based on the position they're playing? It does a little bit. I would say it changes more based off the person versus the position, I would say. I don't have, this isn't football, so I don't have a bunch of defensive linemen in here or anything like that. But I do have guys that play every day, and then I have guys that play every five days. So it definitely depends on what their needs are and their workload demands, which I work very closely with strength and conditioning and athletic training to monitor what those workloads look like, and then I can kind of match it on the nutrition side. It varies player to player. And again, if they're injured or if they're not, it's going to vary between all of them. Different protein needs, different calorie needs. But I do preach to all of them, regardless of what their needs are, just to make sure that they're getting protein in consistently. That's the main goal for them is to make sure that they're not front loading or back loading their protein intake to where they're just consistently getting it throughout the day to really maximize their recovery and performance. What are some of their sources of protein? I know you said before a game you would go for the lean protein and then after maybe the fattier ones. What are some examples? Mm-hmm. We have a lot of chicken. Chicken is our main protein before the game just because it's one of the leaner proteins. Some guys will go for some sandwiches, which we load up with some protein because a lot of times they think they're getting more than what they really are. So they'll have a lot of sandwiches. Uh, we have Greek yogurt, beef jerky, things like that, which I wouldn't typically recommend right before a game. But those are the items that they had to choose from throughout the day that we have available in the clubhouse. Okay. I don't know if you can name names, but Jeff wants to know who's the biggest gourmand on the team. So who's the biggest foodie? 
I don't have a ton of foodies, I'll say. I have a lot of really basic eaters. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I have a foodie. So when you say basic, what kind of stuff do they go for? It sounds like you're giving them a lot of options. As long as I have options, then I hear no complaints. There's no complaints with food ever if there's options. As far as basic, like these guys really, they don't want anything super fancy. They just want the general like chicken, broccoli, rice and beans, you know, just the the basic things that, you know, we would typically eat at home or if we go out to eat. But anytime we get too fancy or there's a lot of items mixed into one dish, then they won't touch it. So just have to remember that we're we're feeding humans just like us. So they want to eat similar to what we want to eat. They're just doing it before a game. What's an example of something you offered that was not a home run with them? Anything that they have never seen before is always touch and go. So some guys like with couscous, they have no idea what couscous is. So they'll look at it and be like, huh, okay, I'm going to eat some rice. So just different items that they really haven't been exposed to, which is my job to expose them to that. So I still enjoy it and love to educate them whenever we have new items. But those are the ones that are typically a little bit harder to get them to eat. So this is like parallel tracks with having a young child at home and like getting them yeah. to eat new foods. And you have to like play all these Jedi mind tricks to get them to try something new. That's so funny. So yeah. it, this is this is a theme in your life, I guess. Um, yes. And then Carlos wants to know, he said that Wander Franco's favorite food is arroz con huevo y avocate. So rice and eggs with avocado. I don't know how he knows mm -hmm. that, but he is a James Beard award winning uh, food writer. So if anyone knew Carlos <laughs> Frias, but um, that begs the question, you have a lot of players from other countries who might have their preferences. You talked about rice and beans. Are there any other foods from their home countries that you've learned to make? We actually have a good relationship with a lot of the Latin restaurants in the St. Pete area. So what we'll do is we'll actually cater out a lot of the Latin food based off the preferences of the guys, mainly because we can make them in-house, but these guys know when they're really authentic and when they come from people that are authentically making their Latin food. So we use different restaurants around the area, and depending on what they're asking for, whether it be empanadas or mongoo, whatever that looks like, we'll cater it from Latin restaurants in the area. Mm, now that's making me hungry. Okay. Yeah. Jeff, <laughs> Jeff and Andy asked if any of the players have pre or post game rituals, like they always want to eat the same thing or have the same treat or anything like that. We do have a couple players that have those rituals. I don't know if it's superstition or if it's just their routine which baseball is a very superstitious sport regardless. So it could be a little bit of both. But we do have a few players that will want like an applesauce and a, a honey stinger waffle right before the game, or they'll eat a quesadilla before every game or something like that that's just lighter on their stomachs because that's what they know. So we do have a few guys, but I would say it's just a handful, not a lot. And I don't know if you have anything to do with the food that like a fan would eat at the stadium, but do the guys ever get a chance to eat those foods or are those just completely off limits? I do not have anything to do with the, the food that the fans eat in the stadium. No, they're not off limits. Like I said, we have a really good balance here. And my goal for them is to get them through 162 games without them getting sick of the food or not wanting to eat the food that we provide. So it's a good mix up of here is what I would recommend post game. And then here's Shake Shack because we're in, you know, New York and that's what they have in stadiums, something like that. So they definitely get a good balance of both. 
That's so tempting because on vacation, you just want to give yourself permission to eat whatever you want. But when they're traveling like half the year, you, you can't really do that. Yeah, <laughs> you, it's a you, lot of travel. Okay. Now we spoke with Tracy Hartman, who's the head chef for the Buccaneers. Have you mm -hmm. ever met her? I have not. Okay. Because you guys seem, I mean, it's a pretty small club that you're in. And she said something similar about, you know, the season goes on and I've got to get them through this long season. And I have these sort of like a rabbit that I pull out of my hat midway through the season to keep them motivated. So do you have any dishes that you hold off on until you feel like the guys really need to pick me up? Towards the end of the season, we'll start to use different restaurants in the area just to add to what we're providing, just to, you know, give them a little boost so that they're not seeing the same things over and over. Now on the road, we see a lot of the same menu items, a lot of Italian, Mexican, things like that, just because it's safe to cater. And do things change post-season? Post-season, yes. Now, I can only say that I've only experienced one post-season, so I can't speak too much to that. But we only had three days of post-season last year, so we added a little bit more just to make sure there was enough options that everybody had something that they would eat before they got on the field. Okay. Is there somebody who's like the picky one? <laughs> I do have some picky guys, I will say. But for the most part, I have a younger team, which makes it really fun because they'll try new things and they'll give me feedback if they don't like something. So for the most part, like even if they are picky, they'll at least give me feedback on why they don't like it or, you know, they have something else that they could or couldn't eat. You know, they'll, they'll eat something. So for the most part, it's not too bad. <laughs> Okay, well, I could talk to you all day. I just find this fascinating. But I have to ask you about yourself. You said you were into sports nutrition. Were you ever an athlete yourself? I was back in the day. <laughs> I did not I, I did not play college sports. So whenever I went to school, I was trying to figure out a way to mesh my background in sports into what I wanted to do with my career. So that's kind of where I landed on mixing nutrition and kinesiology. And that turned out to be sports nutrition. So I used to play volleyball and softball, and then my husband played collegiate and baseball. So I have a good history in baseball. I at least know what's going on. For the most part, there's a lot of ins and outs of Major League Baseball that I'm still trying to learn the details. But for the most part, I have a good grasp on what's going on here. So that that definitely helped. Oh, I'm sure, especially since they're changing the rules now to try to make the game a little faster. Yes. Yeah. Now, yeah, has that affected your job? Because they're trying to make a faster pace, which would in theory, make the game shorter. Does that change how you plan their meals? It has. So before, which it hasn't changed as much for the production side, but the timing part of it, we definitely had more time to prepare a post-game meal or when we were on the road, we had more time before they delivered that post-game meal. And now it's a lot faster. And some games are lasting, you know, just two hours. So we have to make sure the food is there Pretty much as soon as they step on the field, we're waiting on that post-game delivery. Wow. Okay. And I know the guys aren't supposed to be eating the stadium food, but if you ever get a chance to eat it, what's your favorite stadium treat? Ooh, that's a tough one. Here at the Trop, now I've not tried them, but they have some really good chicken tenders and fries, it looks like. So I may have to venture out one day and try those while I'm sitting in the stands. But otherwise, I don't venture out too much into the stands. So I'm not entirely sure what I would eat. Hmm. Maybe, a, you know what? Maybe a ballpark hot dog because that's baseball. So we'll go with that. 
That's classic. That's totally yeah. classic. <laughs> well, thank you so much. This was so much fun to talk to you about your job. Go Rays. Yes, thank you. Courtney Ellison is dietitian for the Tampa Bay Rays. If you want to hydrate like a pro, try Courtney's recipe for a tropical hydration smoothie, perfect for summer in Florida. You'll find it on our website, thezestpodcast.com. I'm Dalia Colon. I produce The Zest with Andrew Lucas. Our digital team includes Alexandria Ebron and Chandler Balcom. The Zest is a production of WUSF Public Media, copyright 2023, part of the NPR Network. NPR Network.